Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to Bizarre Conspiracies. My name is Eric Patino and today I have my co-host with me, Conrad Toll. Howdy! And I don't know what you have, you don't know what I have. <laughs> well, I, I have just what you have. <laughs> well, I mean, we have a we have a topic, but I don't know exactly what you're going to be covering. And uh, I kind of went on some some of uh, the ones in our area, which oh, I think it'll snap. be really fun. Because <laughs> I didn't get any of the ones in our area. Well, there we go. Really cool. Uh, so yeah, if uh, you probably already know by the title, but we're we're uh, doing a cryptids, and we haven't done one in a while, and uh, I don't think I've covered one for like Texas cryptids, so this should be interesting. Mm-hmm. So uh, what, uh, what do you have? I was doing ones that have been linked, um, or not linked, but hypothesized to have been created in government labs. So see, I try to find some of those. Yeah, and I kept getting um, I didn't get enough information to like got do sidetracked. Them and, and then <laughs> oh yeah, yeah there so. wasn't. I had to do a, quite a bit of digging to find them, but I found a lab that is super sketchy. So I was like, wow, wait a minute, this is a good, is it, good uh, thing is ties it, into it. Is it in Canada? It is in New York. New York, New York. Yeah, everything about New York is pretty sketchy to me. Yeah, considering that this has been one of the oldest government bases in the world, <laughs> it's not in the world, but in America, one of the oldest government U.S. It's one of the oldest right. U.S. bases in the world because the U.S. Anyway. New York, I love you. And <laughs> the only reason I love you is because of pizza. And I would say that I love New York because of hot dogs and ice cream as well. I'm not a big hot dog fan. Uh... I do like ice cream, but I mean, pizza is where it's at for me. So if you can give me a good slice of pizza, then I will love you forever. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, anyway, New York, we do love you, but you got some weird stuff. (laughs) Weird, weirder than Austin. You know, I haven't, I can't, I can't say, I won't say, I could say, but I can't say. (laughs) Because <laughs> I've never been to either. Oh, that's right. You've never been to Austin. No, been around it like five times. Been around it. <laughs> All right. So, uh, do you want me to start things off? Sure. Go ahead. We could uh, go back and forth if you want. So this one I think we've covered before. It's um, the Mothman. Now, the Mothman uh, is a, a very um, a very old one, I would say, and very well known. And in uh, but it is in <laughs> generally cited around West Virginia. But the idea behind it is it wasn't first discovered until 1966. And so, of the ones that I've found, most of them will be fairly recent ones because the the idea would be that it's you know government created projects. Government didn't start creating cryptids until recently. <clears throat> now, this one, um, the theory goes, it was used with originally a government project to make a flying winged soldier, but it didn't go too well, or it hasn't. Yeah, I would say it just hadn't gone too well and it was canceled. So, <laughs> but the winged man, um, what I, I've 
we've talked about the original spotting, but the idea behind why it would be considered a a government uh, creation, the the legend is it was in, found in the TNT area, which was a closed down World War II plant. Now in nineteen, and then the the project, the the Mothman, was found in nineteen sixty six when it was first found. Now. If it was, this is a government-created thing, <laughs> well, if the plant was shut down in Virginia in 1940, or well, in the 1940s, but then was spotted in the 1960s, that's almost 20 years later. So what sort of a – this creature would have, A, had to have escaped, went with a child, and this is a 20-year-old mothman, or two, it would be a species that uh, – I, I don't know, came to life after a few years inside of the project. My guess would be it came to life out of the um, the, the dump, like because <laughs> that's pretty much what the place was. It became a waste site, and it's well known for having lots of toxins in the waters, and there's just – the whole place is filled with uh, trash, military dump. So – if it was so the the two theories is one the Mothman was created out of um, a warp mutation object that came in contact with the stuff, or two it's an older beast. Now I'm going with the the, the theory that it's an older beast, and it just survived to that point. But <laughs> I I could see that. But it, because the the idea of it coming to life out of like a a big bubbly uh, dump of government chemical waste. I don't know. It seems too movie-esque for me. Yeah. So the Mothman is pretty much what you would think. It's just this flying human uh, biped, bipedal moth. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there hasn't been – the only thing that's consistent about it, though, is it has red eyes. That's probably one of the, the – well, it has wings. It's large and it, it's um, bird-like. Not that it is moth-like. Why it's called a moth, I don't know. But it has – I guess because moths sometimes have red eyes. Do they? But to the best of my knowledge, I don't know if there's many birds that have red eyes. I have no idea. <laughs> but yeah. I uh, I did find out that there were Mothman sightings in Chernobyl. Did you did you come across yeah, that? Chernobyl and New York. And I think we covered that in the uh, the last um, in the in the previous one. So <laughs> not this one to me doesn't quite seem as much of a case of being a uh, government uh, creation because <laughs> if it's cited at Chernobyl and at um, a 9-11, the idea is that it's some sort of a super supernatural being because only a supernatural being would show up before great disasters. So if it ah, – but then it's only been spotted since World War II, you know. So it's new, but it's supernatural, but then it has red eyes. And then it would teleport, but there's only one of it because it's always been reported as being the same beast. There's never like multiple of them or that there's large variations that would mean that it would have to be the same one. It's always generally described as being the same size. So you would think – the same size, same eyes, and all of that. So if it's, it has the same eye color and it has the same size and it has generally the same color, it's – it's colored black or has black feathers, uh, but it has you know other colors as well. Then you would – that's what led to the idea that it's probably just one beast. Now, if it's one beast and it travels across the Atlantic Ocean, ah, to me that one seems as though it's probably lean more supernatural. But hey, who knows? Maybe it was a uh, World War II alien project. <laughs> so that's 
that's my thinking of it. The uh, This research, actually, and what you were just saying, makes me want to do a haunted history of World War II, because there's a lot of stories about World War II and just paranormal things. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be a great subject. But yeah, Mothman, I don't know. There There's some people that have said um, Mothman goes back to ancient times because they found cave drawings similar to something like a Mothman. Uh, but so I, I don't know. I, it's definitely one of my favorite cryptids. Oh, for sure. And, and it's one of the classics, too. Classic one. It's right up there with Bigfoot for me. Um, I, I see, the, the reason why I wanted to start with this one is because I, I don't... You never start with your best one first. And I don't really think that it's all that strong of a theory that this one's probably government-created. But hey, always... Uh, always, uh, <laughs> always could be. But see, the issue with it being... Yeah, we, we discussed the issue with it being government-created. But uh, it's generally not considered to be a very violent creature. It flies around. People see it. It seems to be interested. Follows people. It's more like a harbinger than it is actually a wild beast, you know? So and it's, <laughs> it's not like the Jersey Devil where it eats livestock or brings about minor mischief. So I don't know. I never thought of the uh, Jersey Devil as a cryptid. <laughs> yeah, that one. <laughs> it's, it's kind of an odd story, right? Yeah, because, I don't know what I don't know what to make of it because there's a story of well, it was uh, a born creature from a human in one story, and another story is just some demonic thing that came and haunts in New Jersey. I guess I don't know. Yeah, I could see how that one would not really fall under a, a cryptid, but it, it totally could be. It has a lot of the same characteristics. Yeah, <laughs> and then here's the thing: it, since it's one of the older ones known. If you had a cryptid that was spotted way back in the day, of course it would have a, um, a supernatural side to it, right? Like mm. a, a, a werewolf. Werewolves have tons of supernatural stories about them. But, you know, if you if it's a werewolf, they would make up stories about it even though it's, you know, just made up stories. So you got to have a, a crazy origin story to explain the <laughs> wacky animal that you see flying about. So what do you have? <laughs> So, like I said, I got a lot of cryptids from Texas, and one of uh, the first one I want to start with is uh, the Lake Worth Monster. Now, this is located in Fort Worth, Texas, so Lake Worth Monster there. It is described as half man and half goat with fur and scales and it was first sighted in 1969 and it led to the belief that a mysterious creature lived in the lake so there was actually newspapers uh with articles that came out there was actually even a a tv special like a news segment that came out about this and they interviewed a bunch of the local people and they said yeah i saw i saw that creature throw a tire across the lake (laughs) This is literally how they sounded. But, uh, yeah, they, uh... And a rabbit with... Uh, not a rabbit. A human hybrid goat with scales. Fur and scales. Oh, my gosh. I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> that has... That sounds like a total abomination. Oh, yeah. It actually kind of reminded me of that that one cryptid that we talked about. Oh, I forgot where it was, but they were camping, and it was chasing them in the van. Oh, yeah. As they were trying to get out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in this one, they have newspaper reportings that had some sightings and included one uh, one of uh, this monster, half man, half goat, landed on a guy's car after jumping out of a tree. (laughs) 
which is kind of crazy. And then yeah. another one in which it threw a tire at a group of people. So yeah, there was uh, a lot of local interest in this. But here's the thing. Um, I read the article. I saw the original TV special. And then in the comments, I found uh, this one lady who posted a comment saying, I know the real story behind this, but no one will believe me. So I reached out to her and asked her if I could use her story. And she said, yes, totally go for it. So here it is. It's by somebody named Lazy Ranch. And you could probably find them on YouTube. I think that's actually where I saw one of the videos. And so her story is, it started as a prank by her four cousins who grew up on the banks of Lake Worth. And they spent their days exploring and thinking up silly stuff to do. Uh, In 1968, my dad was working in Australia and sent home a bunch of really cool gifts for us like boomerangs and kangaroo hides. My cousin Sonia, or Sonja, maybe it is Sonia, Sonia and I got a big stuffed koala bear uh, made out of real kangaroo fur. Her four brothers decided it would be funny to put the stuffed animal on the tallest boy's head, making him look close to seven feet tall, and then fastened a long uh, army coat around the neck to hide the uh, the skin. Uh, one of those coats uh, on the inside had a, a line of fur, so they put it inside out to make him look hairier. I remember being seven years old and hearing them tell the tale of how they scared some people out on the uh, on the lake, especially when Bobby threw that tire. Not superhuman strength, something they did a lot for fun. They were strong, healthy kids who played on that lake and knew every inch of it. They were nimble like monkeys, but when the cops started talking about shooting it, they decided that it was enough. <laughs> <laughs> they... Played some other pranks like motorbike, uh, oh, uh, like, um, putting a dummy on the back of their motorbike and waiting for someone to get close enough behind them so they could kick the dummy off and the car would run over the body. <laughs> And they would sneak back to see uh, how mad that, you know, the car got that was just behind them. So they would do pranks like that. And and she just kind of ended it there. Sorry if I ruined the Goatman legend, but like I said, no one will believe me anyway. So I thought that was a really cool story and it kind of made me think like, yeah, I could believe that because kids... Like, teenagers, especially in Texas, can be pretty rambunctious, and they could probably do a lot of crazy things. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, how'd you, how'd you like that story, Conrad? Oh, my God. That is, that sounds like something that I would dream of doing, but never actually do, you know? <laughs> ah, they're, they're definitely braver than me. <laughs> Um, For sure. And they had the smarts to, to quit when they heard that they were going to start hunting this uh, beast. But there you go. Take it with a, take it however you want. If you believe it, if you don't, if you still believe in the legend of the half man, half goat. Uh, there you go. I thought it was interesting. I've never heard this cryptid before, but when I started looking into uh, Texas lore, there's actually quite a lot. It, it almost seems like every major city and every small town has its own cryptid which I thought was very cool. All right. So the other one that uh, I have bumped into uh, is called the uh, Chupacabra. (laughs) Uh, So this one, there's not a whole lot about um, how it could be a a military one, but this one, the idea is it was a... a (laughs) Oh, I got to tell this joke. Okay. Um, You know the the story, what happens when you uh, have a, a... Why did the chicken cross the road? You know? Oh, yeah. What happens uh, when the, um, oh, <laughs> yeah. Why does the, um, 
what happens when you cross a chicken, not a chicken, when you cross a, a, a wolf with a, a lizard? Well, you get the chupacabra because that's, that's pretty much what it is. Okay, that one sounded funny in my head. <laughs> but the, the chupacabra is like a lizardy, um, wolf-like animal. Uh, but it, it's, it has like the skin of a reptile, but it looks very much like a dog. And then it has uh, spines that grow out of its spine. <laughs> so I heard a lot of origin stories for this. Where did you, uh, hear that find... it was a, a government crossover? Well, no, just like, uh, where it originated in whatever country. I heard it was Mexico, but I also heard it was the U.S. Ah, uh, Puerto Rico, actually. Puerto Rico. Okay. Uh, so it's uh, the 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 way that the this particular origin story goes is they it was a UFO uh, experiment. Uh-huh. So uh, there was an alien <laughs> who was um, captured, and there was experiments done using the alien um, to try and create this uh, this hybrid that they were working on. So it's like they had two. There were two different experiments. There was like just the investigation experiment of the alien and they used some of the the byproducts from that experiment to go into the next experiment which was the dog um lizard hybrid uh so it um this hybrid it it just says just had a genetics uh test so i i was trying to think of what could be some reasons for why the government would be experimenting on a dog lizard hybrid alien blood thing (laughs) and the idea the thing that the answer that i came up with uh, there's a few one they were trying to create something that was disease resistant so this is like a big stretch because <laughs> <laughs> they were trying to come up with something that could survive biological warfare. And I think that a lot of that's just doing with the current scenario of um, the coronavirus <laughs> and how, you know, I'm, I was thinking about biological weapons and all of that. And I was like, wait a minute, what would happen if the government was to create a biological weapon, but then have soldiers that were impervious to the effects of their biological weapon? So that would give them a massive advantage because if you look at all the wars through history, one of the main things that tears apart uh, armies is not war itself. It's the disease. So if you look at the death of the Civil War, I think it's like half a million deaths, but three million of those five million were due to disease and only two million were due to war or something like that. It's just a a statistic I'm pulling off. Of my out of my memory, that one doesn't necessarily be accurate. But the the point I'm trying to make is, disease is a horrible um, enemy in your wars because you have these large groups of people moving together in these densely packed groups, and you have camps that have less sanitary conditions. You're exposed to the elements, and it's just like the perfect um, perfect thing for disease to actually strike and wipe out. Uh, your <laughs> to wipe out your uh, army. So if you look at it, armies throughout history, disease is one of the biggest issues that they have. If you made a species that was disease resistant, and then you deployed on top of that uh, a biological disease which does not affect your your own um, species, well, then what you have is a combination of these uh, this army that doesn't fall victim to original diseases and then you have this um biological disease that's targeted for humans ravishing the enemy 
camp, as well as regular human diseases destroying the enemies. And then you've got your own, which are totally unaffected, and you stay at full strength while your enemy suffers horrifically. So that's that's would be why I would think that they would be creating this thing. So why do they believe that the Chupacabra itself is a genetics experiment in and of its uh, own? I, I think it was because... Again, due to the circumstances, uh, world circumstances, when the Chupacabra first came up, uh, the AIDS crisis was at its highest when, <laughs> when the um, when the Chupacabra was first sighted. So, you know, there's a lot of theories that the AIDS itself was created by the Fed. <laughs> but so with the AIDS crisis going around and then this Chupacabra shows up, that I think that people were thinking, wait a minute, this was part of a genetics program, wasn't it? Because, uh, oh, oh, there was another theory that it was created not by the federal government, but by an alien trying to collect AIDS. So it could use AIDS as a biological weapon on its own home planet. So it was like going and finding, (laughs) so it was doing its own weapons project and we were the samples that it was collecting, uh, the weapons for its biological thing and its dimension or wherever it came from. But <laughs> that was just a crazy theory that uh, I thought I'd throw in. Uh, the other theory that I have for why they were trying to create a um, hybrid is that they were trying to, uh, that it was more of a, uh, not not related to genetics or diseases, but it was just purely kind of like the Mothman, which was created to have a flying soldier. A, uh, you know, a flying soldier has a great advantage. But what happens if you had a lizard soldier? Because <laughs> a lizard, um, not, not like, you know, you could run up walls and stuff, but that lizards are one of the few animals that can survive in the desert, right? So if you could have a lizard soldier who is more heat resistant, uh, well, I don't even know if that would work because, you know, you got lizards, they're cold blooded animals. What happens when you cross, cross a half uh, a cold blooded animal with a warm blooded mammal? You know, yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know. Would it still retain its its uh, desert prowess? Well, there's only one way to find out, isn't there? <laughs> anyway, so that was the other theory is because it's reported to always been in dry, hot areas like Puerto Rico, northern Mexico. New Mexico, West Texas. But, uh, aren't aren't the chupacabras fairly small? Uh you know, I don't know. I always thought that they were about the size of like a a regular dog, not like a big dog, about the size of a pit bull, right? Or I always thought they were like fox. at at most like maybe four feet tall or something. Well, I guess that's fine. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, you got to start somewhere, don't you? <laughs> um, but yeah, the chupacabra is a, a hairless creature that uh, isn't it supposed to be kind of like a uh, a blood sucking animal. Uh, so I don't know how that one plays into it being a military experiment. Uh, but hey, since um, <laughs> uh, I mean, you would if you're gonna have a soldier who's a blood sucker, right? You would want this fella to be immune to bloodborne diseases. So at the end, <laughs> you've got to have a a very genetically uh, disease resistant soldier. So yeah, the chupacabra, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> 
Well, I, I got a, a little short one here just uh, before we go on break. It is called The Beast of Bear Creek. And now this is located in the uh, Bear Creek, Texas. It's actually pretty pretty close near Austin. And uh, so the, the Beast of Bear Creek originates in a small town of Cleo in uh, Kimball County. Story goes that uh, an old Native American shaman who lived in the area knew how to shapeshift as revenge or punishment something towards the white settlers who slaughtered his tribe and stole his people's land. At night, the shaman would uh, turn himself into a giant wolf-like creature and roam the countryside at night in a bloodlust, killing, you know, livestock and unfortunate uh, people nearby uh, after dark. So uh, some cryptozoologists uh, say that this creature could also be the uh, Sasquatch or the Bigfoot or maybe some other uh, undiscovered species uh, where biologists speculate that the creature could also be like a black bear or a panther that had wandered uh, outside of its normal home range so I thought that was also kind of interesting I think these kind of cryptids are like my favorite cryptids to study those ones um, be- especially if there's like Native American legends that go with it because those ones like, you know, like Sasquatch there's like so many his name is from the Indian legends but I don't know. It just it seems to me that there's a lot more credibility when there's a Native American legend that surrounds it as well. Uh, and then you tie it to the fact that, you know, it's spotted and then people are like, wait a minute, I, I know what you're talking about. This thing that you've seen, you find that in Native American uh, folklore. And then you look into it and you go, wait a minute. Well, that is all. And then you find like similarities between like this animal and Bigfoot. And you go, wait a minute. There's something here, isn't there? And there's, there's so many there's so many angles you can find with it. Is it alien? Is it um, some sort of a shapeshifter? Is it is it just a an a, a regular ordinary physical creature that just hasn't been discovered yet? You know, so many angles you can take with it. Yeah, I uh, I think it does give uh, a little bit more credibility when when there's a Native American involved, uh, like a ancient Native Native American folklore. But it also creeps me out all that much more because we've done stories of like Skinwalker, right? Yeah. And uh, they're so creepy. I think the thing that's creepiest about um, the skin, the skinwalker is just all the, um, I think the thing that is there's no defense really against it or like no traditional defense. Haven't, nobody tried silver bullets on it, but. <laughs> um, Maybe the Lone Ranger can help us with that. <laughs> uh, there was no, and, the, and then there's the idea of like, there's the, the whole spiritual nature to it, nature to it. And it's, and then there's the weird way that it eats its prey and, it, and the way that it uh, attacks. Like, <laughs> if you look at it, any of the, you look at the, the, um, the skinwalker, you go, wait a minute. When this thing, when it's just eating up its, uh, its, its flesh, it like leaves the body in the weirdest way. I don't know if that's like the same thing with uh, this uh, lake bear. What is it called? Bear Bear Walker? Like it is, it's the Beast of Bear Creek. Beast of Bear Creek. So that one, but it, it is bear light. So uh, you know, I think that which would oh, the bigger an animal is, like when you get a big animal like a bear or a gorilla, 
you they have so much raw strength you know their weight has oh, yeah. is, is like four or five times stronger uh, bigger than people but they themselves are like eight to ten times stronger so even though you expect a lot out of a bear and you expect a lot out of a gorilla when you see like their maximum strike capacity it blows you away even though you were expecting more out of them so ugh. I don't know which one I'd I'd rather have to run from the the um the werewolf uh, or the beast of Bray Road or something like that or the the beast of the uh, the <laughs> the lake or that sort of thing where it's faster but smaller and <laughs> less like if you got grabbed by this beast you know it's over right it's like what am I gonna do punch it. <laughs> I right? think I think even if you encounter one, the chances of survival are pretty slim. <laughs> it's like, oh crap! Oh. There's a shapeshifter. <laughs> well, let, let me call let me call my family and tell them I'm not going to be home for dinner. <laughs> you know how that that phone call would turn out. I mean, how many of the, that turn out a little bit like the uh, the fellow who calls into nine one one? There's that animal in the background. You know? Oh, the one I played for you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't shout it. Oh, oh. Um, you just reminded me of a very good point. Uh, I bumped into something while I was doing the studying. Uh, there are uh, a lot of local laws about... Uh, okay. Um, in the state of Washington, uh, there is an ordinance that was passed in 1969 that set a, a $10,000 fine and a five-year sentence for anyone... Who kills Bigfoot? Because really? Bigfoot's considered an endangered species there. <laughs> so, but it's not even proven to be real yet. Well, I mean, should it be before they start passing ordinances? But that's like even a scarier thing. There's so many people who don't believe in it, but then if they bumped into it, could you imagine being like the person who shoots and kills a Bigfoot and you're like, ah, dragging into town? This thing I found. It's like, cool. We're going to take your beast. And we're going to send it to these research labs, and then you're going to go with us to this special lab called the Institution. <laughs> you know? Wait a minute. Oh, no. I didn't done shoot it. That was somebody else. I just found it. <laughs> <laughs> it, it would be pretty insane to go through that. There was uh, a guy named Bugsy or Bugs who uh, called into a really old, not really old, it was in the 80s, but it's pretty old, pretty old talk show. And he said he shot and killed two Bigfoot and he buried the bodies. And the reason, I mean, he said he, he'd done this maybe like five years prior to him calling. And he said the reason why he hadn't told anybody up until that point was because he genuinely believed he probably shot actual people, right? Uh-huh. And he didn't want to go to jail. And so he said that he told the uh, the hosts of the uh, program, like, look, I'll tell you, I'll give you a map if you want to go check it out. Um, and if you can, like, guarantee my uh, anonymous whatever like you don't reveal my name my phone number to anybody then uh, I'll, I'll let you keep the bodies or something like that and I, I always wanted to find the next part of that show because I could never get a conclusion to it but the guy he was talking on the phone with like general like not general uh, genuine fear like he was like really uh, stumbling his words he was like um, you could tell in his voice he was quivering a little bit mm -hmm. so I wonder how many people out there actually have come across a Bigfoot and shot it. Right. Because I feel like 
with as popular as Bigfoot is, there's so there's countless TV shows, countless uh, sightings. I mean, there's an ungodly number of sightings of Bigfoot. Uh, there's even a map, which uh, I think you had and I saw. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So the thing is, <laughs> I have, if I if I bump into a cryptid, it's probably if I have the the opportunity. It, Odds are it's getting shot because, you know, I'd rather go to jail than to be. And this right here is the, the, um, the, a little known, uh, cryptid investigator and was found dead beside the road, missing his head and arms. You know, could this be one of his prey or is this a cause of a mass murderer? I'd rather be that than no, uh, I'd rather not be that. I'd rather be. No encrypted and went to jail today for shooting the cryptid, <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, which one would you rather be? It's no contest. <laughs> right. Well, we are going to take a quick break, but don't go anywhere. We got more cryptids to talk about. And we're back from the break. Guess I could start off with this. So my next cryptid is going to take us to Houston, Texas. Can you guess what's in Houston, Texas, Conrad? Asphalt. Tons of asphalt, sunlight, and humidity. Uh, cryptid-wise. Ah, that, that <laughs> makes more sense now. <laughs> I would imagine that it is um, not a sea beast. You would expect it to be a sea beast. So... I'm thinking it's a ground creature. It doesn't fly. Oh, man. Got that wrong. I got that one wrong. <laughs> what, if, what if I uh, played a little jingle for you? Go right ahead. <laughs> a Batman. Batman. So it's not really like Batman, Batman, obviously. But it's a bat-like creature man. So I guess half bat, half man. <clears throat> So, uh, the Houston, Texas, ah, oh, where was it? A couple, more than a couple years ago. Was it Austin that was infested by bats? I think, I think it's San Antonio that's known for its bats. I've literally never seen a bat in San Antonio. and I've They have the largest bat life. cave in San Antonio. I want to say it was Austin, though, that I heard bats were just swarming the skies. It could be wrong. Could be, it could be Dallas. I have no idea. But I definitely don't think it was San Antonio. I think I would have been like, cool, I'm going to go outside and look for some bat poop. Bracken Cave is the largest colony of bats in the world. It's estimated 20 million Mexican free-tailed bats. And the cave is located in Comal County outside of San Antonio. So they're Mexican bats? Uh, they're Mexican free-tailed bats. It's the species name, but okay, yeah. They, they seceded with us. <laughs> so, uh, so anyways. I'm sure Houston, they were at Texas. the Alamo. Mm, oh my god, I have a really good Alamo story to share with you like on uh, Patreon. But anyways, Houston, Texas, probably not known for having a lot of bats. I always thought it was awesome. No, I wouldn't I imagine it would be. Wrong. But uh, there is re reports of a terrifying f uh, flying humanoid called a bat slash man. Not a Batman, but a bat man. There's a space in between it. Huh. So, is it similar to bat squash, do you think? <laughs> Well, I can tell you they definitely don't have a beer after this one. <laughs> um, so while most people are heading home, others gathered a different purpose to catch a glimpse of something hidden in the shadows. What this report says: uh, one person says you can see, uh, you can kind of see the the awe in their faces when the bats come out in masses. Um, but it's a different it's a different thing when you see a flying humanoid 
bat. I would imagine. It, it's actually kind of described similar to a Mothman, but there was no there, there was no uh, disaster involved with this. But this went all the way back to the 1950s. So it was 2.30 a.m. on June 18th, 1953 in Houston. The neighbors claimed that they saw something flying extraordinary just a few feet above their houses. A few hours later, the unearthly creature was on the front page of the Houston Chronicle. There's really only one account that I'm aware of that it's very uh, chilling encounters, said uh, the news reporters. Subsequently, they were so horrified of their experience that they actually contacted the police. Well, anyways, here was the um, the witness. So, one of the witnesses is a guy named Howard Phillips. He's a tool plant inspector, and he said, I couldn't hardly believe it, but I saw it. Another witness named Hilda Walker, a 23-year-old housewife, and two of her neighbors were sitting on the front porch, and suddenly Hilda noticed a large move, uh, large shadow moving across the her uh, yard, and then she said, it was then that it could make out what the form was. I could see legs, I could see some hands, I also saw giant wings. It was a very dark, it was a very dark creature, had red eyes, and it it even sounded like a bat while I was flying, like it had the same, what is it, a chirp? It's not really a chirp, is it? Uh, I, it's, to me it's more like a, uh, I call it bat chatter. I don't know Bat chatter, but, I mean, we're all familiar of the sound that a bat makes, right? Maybe not. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess if you've seen any of the Batman movies, you probably are aware of what they sound like. Uh, unless you didn't even realize that was the sound they were making. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I suppose so. But uh, it appeared to be very tall, like a very tall man. Uh, very, very man-like figure standing about six feet, maybe six and a half feet tall, but with bat-like wings attached to its back. It also seemed to be encased in a halo of glowing light. That that to me was pretty weird. But uh, yeah, well, I, I think that that would have that might have to do with the way that the human brain works. When you know how time sl- uh, slows and distances close when terrible things happen. Like when you're in a car wreck, everything goes into like slow motion, and you fixate on something. You have tunnel vision. Oh yeah, sure. So it's, I think that that also, could be it, the glowing around something could totally be that. I mean, it could also just be, you know, the natural light in the sun reflecting off this thing. I mean, you're having to look up towards this creature, right? Right. So it could definitely be that as well. But it has a lot of bat qualities. Some people say it's a very slender. And when you see it, you just, you're automatically frozen in your tracks and you just can't move. That seems to be a common quality in this uh this bat-like creature, this Batman. Uh, I feel really weird saying Batman all the time. But, uh, yeah, that's what it is. And uh, it, it's <laughs> it's funny because it was, it was actually reported on the news as well. I think I'm seeing a trend in Texas where anything weird gets covered on the news. <laughs> this is my my opinion. So, And uh, I could probably imagine what the, the witnesses sound like when they were reporting this. So the the sounds that bats make are called clicks, squawks, squeaks, and shrieks. They are not called uh, chirps. <laughs> okay. But uh, there's well, a difference it, in bat me. sounds. Squawks and squeaks are sounds that are not used for echolocation generally, though they're just sounds that they make for communication with their uh, other bats. So like uh, pup bats, you can hear the, so- the sounds that they make are different 
than the echolocation, so you actually hear different sounds from them. Mm. All right. Well, there we go. There is another cryptid for Texas. <laughs> I wonder if it's a little bit like if it's like a, a cousin of bat squash because <laughs> it's it's very similar and like the, and it's also kind of similar to um, the Mothman. Oh yeah, because the Mothman was never actually described as having two human human traits, uh, very very much of the human trait. So I wonder if like these are all similar and people just had different ways of describing them. It could be, could very well could be. So what you got, Conrad? So have you heard of Plum Island? Uh, nope. So Plum Island is an island that is uh, between. It's on the the far east side of. Uh, Long Island. So it's actually just south of Massachusetts. Um, it, so you, you'll find it on like the northern end of Long Island. Not the northern, but the northeast. So Long Island runs east and west, right? So at the, the northeast tip of the island uh, there's a, it's, it's Plum Island. And it sits at the mouth of the bay that comes in uh, to New York City from the from the north uh, it was originally um, used by the military during the revolutionary war that's when it was first commissioned by george washington pretty much as a military base and it was used to guard the harbor uh from soldiers you know trying to invade it was to guard the city of it, it was a coastal bombardment place and it stayed that way until world war ii in world war all the way up to world war one it was a place where they would set up uh anti-ship siege mortars pretty much if you've ever seen one of those coastal batteries they're pretty impressive and that's what it was until world war ii and that is when it started they started to change it so plum a plum island uh let's see if i can find it <laughs> ah i can't quite find my time but that's all right uh, it uh in 1940, 1954, 1954, the United States of Department of Agriculture set up a place there to study diseases. Okay. <laughs> All right. They, the, it's most famous for studying hoof and mouth disease, but also uh, Lyme's disease and what's another one? One that's very, very common. Um, a common disease? Uh, not, not common, but well known. Like Lyme disease is well was very famous. Uh, Nile flu or something like that. Oh, uh, West Nile. I think it had something to do with Egypt. <laughs> uh, uh, you got me. I don't. Know. I can't remember right now. Anyway, so and it was that till I think just recently, and then it's been since abandoned. Now it's. A lot of people have actually blamed it for leaking diseases out of there. And in 1970, uh, the hoof and mouth disease actually got out of there. Um, but after that, they have changed it. Um, uh, <laughs> it they, they changed it to have uh, internal circulating air so the diseases would not get out. It would only bring air in and never let air out until the air had been treated or something like that. I mean, obviously, the air has to come out, but it became an air-sealed building where they made it so air would not exit the building unless deliberately allowed and that and then in during and then after 9-11 it was stepped up a little bit more to try and prevent 
the idea of somebody being able to sneak in and steal diseases and use them as biological weapons. So it was technically only supposed to have diseases for animals, but that still could be used as a, ter- a terrorist weapon. If you took ho- hoof and mouth disease and you were to spread that to all the cattle in Texas, well, you'd get a bunch of angry Texans because they wouldn't have no more cattle. And that is not acceptable. So, <laughs> uh, so one more thing that, uh, about it is President Nixon uh, stopped the the, the uh, biological weapon research that was going on there. When did it start, though? Uh, so, sometime between 1954 and 1996, 1969. Sorry, um, which is actually coincides with the date on which the uh, the the year in which the chupacabra was first spotted, but <laughs> that's probably too much of a stretch since it was that was in New York. Anyway, so about the same time, so <laughs> between the in the twenty years after it had been um, created, President Nixon stopped the production there of not production but research of um, uh, biological weapons. So that means that they were looking at biological weapons at one point. Anyway, and that point where they were looking at biological weapons, hoof and mouth disease actually escaped outside of the uh, disease quarantine in the building at that time. So (laughs) quite interesting. So to make it even more interesting, there have been the spotting of at least two different cryptids in the area of New York which a lot of people believe came from the island Plum. Plum. Now, the most the most famous of these is uh, it's called the something monster. Let me pull my other set of notes, and it's not here. <laughs> uh, it's uh, I want to know now, Conrad. Yeah, I'll, I'll find it. It's here somewhere. What, what's the other cryptid? Uh, it's a human male was found. But it wasn't like many human males. This one had extremely long fingers and it was much larger. Um, uh, they were found on the island, uh, uh, un, uh, but they, they were unusual to appearance. They seemed very long and they had proportionally long fingers. So you have a six and four inch tall, uh, a six foot, four inch tall human or humanoid with proportionally long fingers. Uh, they were found dead with three small holes in their skull. The um, the police department could not find any particular. Uh, they, they couldn't identify it to any human. They said, "Oh well, this person does not. There's some. Their fingerprints do not are not in our system. We don't know who it is. So they were classified as an unknown dead person." And that's how they were buried. So. <laughs> um, it's kind of creepy. Oh, yeah, for sure. The one that it's most famous for, uh, which is actually not my my favorite. Uh, this w- second one was my, my favorite cryptid found there because a lot of people go, wait a minute, wait a minute. Of all the loosed cryptids that we've found in New York that we have been washed up on shore. So here's the thing. Plum Island, if anything was to escape off of it, would have to go through the ocean. Many different animals, uh, these cryptids, have been washed up on shore and found on the beach. And people uh, look at it and go, wait a minute. That's uh, quite the uh, interesting thing here. The the human was the only one that was found on Plum Island. Uh, 
but yeah, it has one of the largest, not one of the largest, one of the oldest military bases there. And on top of that, the, the <laughs> it had a one that was used as a biological thing. It studied diseases and then also biological weapons. So, yeah. So it's called the Moontalk Monster. Monster, not Monster. Monster. Montauk. Montauk? Monster. Yeah. So it was a little bitty thing. Uh, there's a very good high resolution picture, high resolution picture taken of it, um, but the animal was never inspected uh, by, um, I suppose, a research center. Uh, just some vacationers took a picture of it in 2008, and you can find this picture quite readily. It's a very weird looking thing. It looks to me like it has a beak on the upper end and then teeth on the the lower side, but that's because it's a bare skull. Um, its body is just a bare skull, but the, um, the it has no hair because the sea has washed away its hair. A lot of uh, people say that it's a raccoon. To me, it eh, doesn't really look like a raccoon, but, you know, animals don't look the same when they have no hair. Uh, that one's not as much my favorite because, you know, the, it's it's not its original form. The, the human found <laughs> with the long fingers. Anyway. Well, I'm looking at a picture of it now, and it's... Definitely not a fake picture. That's definitely a creature of some kind. Yeah, it kind of looks weird. Kind of looks weird? Totally looks weird. But you can kind of see how it's how it looks like it almost has a beak, right? Almost has... It almost looks like it has a beak. But the body, to me... Not the like, not the, uh, the hands or feet or anything, but like the body kind of looks like a pig's body. Yeah, um, but it, it's too small for a pig, unless it's like a, a baby pig or something. Uh, Definitely weird looking. I mean, jeez. If I saw that washed up, I, uh, I don't know, run for the hills. <laughs> well, they got close, took a picture of it, took it, and then they put it in someone's backyard for it to decompose out in the... Because where, where it washed up on shore, since if you look at the location of the island, um, it's not close to New York City, even though it's right on Long Island. I think it washed up out in the country, and they just took it and threw it somewhere where it wasn't on the beach anymore. They didn't think that they had found a cryptid when they took a picture of it, I think. Just people looked at the picture and go, what did you find? <laughs> you know? Well, I wish they uh, I wish they had left it alone so we could have found out what it was. But I guess that's how cryptids go, right? You just, you don't, you don't know. Mm-hmm. But there's been plenty of animals that have washed up um, on shore that uh, people wondered quite a bit about. Uh, for instance, the Brooklyn Bridge Monster, obviously uh, found in New York. Um, this one was also found in 2008. Uh, no, no, it wasn't. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, but yeah, it's just another weird, grizzly-looking creature that nobody could identify. And you know, there's tons of these um, that found washed up on the shore. And people are wondering, wait a minute, maybe these are coming from this project over there, the... Uh, High Security, a biological research lab. Do you think there's a, a secret base underwater? No. I mean, there has to be, right? I mean, if it was a movie, for sure there's an under there's an undersea thing. But I don't think so. I think it's all above above land. Well, maybe it has a basement that we don't know about. But I don't think that it has a uh, an underwater dock or anything. <laughs> because that's, that's really expensive. <laughs> Why would you build something underwater when you can build it on land, right? Well, you you can build it. Even a basement is cheaper than an underwater bunker. 
Uh, yeah, but if, even if it were to escape, you know, there wouldn't be any witnesses underwater. True, but if you're on an island... Oh, that's very true, too. So... But w- w- what if you want to stay close to the city, though? Hmm. Hmm. Why is that a, an important thing? <laughs> <laughs> Why would you want to stay close to a city and have privacy with your biological research lab? Because government can do what it wants. <laughs> yes, uh, I was thinking I would like to have my lab put closer to the city because I like McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's just a very underwhelming number of, of fast food joints in the uh, in this little island that you picked for us. You know, it, it'll probably take about a year for Uber Eats to uh, deliver some food over there. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know how the ferry system works out the Plum Island. Who knows? But uh, that's very interesting, though. Uh, I. I had another one that it, it looked promising at the beginning, but there was no cryptids associated with it. But now I'm kind of wishing that I had looked into it out in the middle of uh, Oregon State. There's uh, a bunch of research labs that are all just clustered together um, on really a, on a, uh, a National Guard base. So hmm. maybe we'll look at uh, into that in the uh, the next cryptid episode. Uh, but the uh, the last one I got here is called the Bear King. And uh, guess where the location on this one is? <sighs> oh, Bear King. This fella better be in like Iowa or Canada. You know. No, no, no. Remember, it's all in Texas. Oh, oh, good point. Okay, Bear King. I'll give you a hint. We talked about it. We talked about this location before we started the podcast. Oh, well, we talked about literally everywhere. <laughs> Except El Paso. So it's not El Paso. Uh, I, I mentioned that I, would, I wouldn't I would mind living there because it looks nice. Oh, snap. <laughs> oh, snap. And the, the rocks there are pretty. Yeah. Marble yeah, Falls. So. Marble Falls, Texas. So, the story of the Bear King is based both on the Kickapoo Indian folklore and a 1901 newspaper article printed in the Washington Bee. For the Kickapoo, Bear King was a creature that ruled over and protected them from bears, right? Uh, After its appearance in Marble Falls, the report of the Washington Bee describes a young woman being carried off by a hairy, human-like creature that ran very fast on all fours. So according to the report, the young woman named uh, Rami Arlen was held captive and beaten by the beast. Allegedly, the beast uh, fell asleep at one point, and that's when uh, Rami uh, promptly escaped, where she returned to town with this tale. So many cryptozoologists believe that the Bear King could be a Bigfoot-type creature or an unknown species of a great ape. So that is the Bear King. It's a bit of a short one, but I kind of like it. Um, also very, very similar to the the Beast of Bear Creek that I mentioned a while ago. That was near Austin. Yeah. And uh, if I remember, t- if I remember correctly, Marble Falls isn't far away from Austin. I don't believe. No, it's about I don't know forty miles. So uh, there's there's a kind of a little trend going around Austin. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, you know, I don't think that one's quite as scary as the, the beast, the other beast, but 
you know, they might be the same ones. Well, here's the thing. So I did some more research on it, and I found out there's another name for it. It's called the Great Bear Man of Texas, and there have been reports of this bear man uh, being spotted with the chupacabra. Oh. <laughs> this is the first time I've ever heard of a report of more than one cryptid together. Oh. It's very, very fascinating. Yeah, I've, I've heard of um, uh, the, uh, what, what do you call it, the... Uh, the skinwalker being with other animals but that's that's a totally different thing than two cryptids oh yeah next to yeah. each other oh so that was kind of the uh, the short version of uh, the girl that got captured okay okay so this is this is clearly what it is um okay i got two theories two theories now <laughs> uh-huh the chupacabra and uh, this this bear guy they they were the government experiments right to create the super soldier who's invincible <laughs> to these diseases. Um, I'm imagining that the, um, the chupacabra is more resistant to, the, to, to diseases more than the, the bear man, um, the bear king, right? The bear king the, or the, the great bear man, either one. Mm -hmm. So I'm imagining that they're, they're related, uh, not related, but they're, they came from like the same program. I imagine that the, the bear king is a little smarter than the chupacabra. The chupacabra is a, a little more animalistic. But uh, is more disease, um, uh, what do you call it, <laughs> uh, resistant to some diseases, uh, I'm guessing. Yeah. Anyway, now, uh, where did they, I'm guessing they probably came, mm, boy, I'm, mm. <laughs> now where, where were they spotted, these two? Um, was it close to Marble Falls? It was actually in Marble Falls. Okay. Uh, but th like I said, the, uh, the story with the girl being kidnapped was in 1901, and uh, if you look into the stories of the the Great Bear Man, uh, the the locations are in um, kind of spread out through Central Texas. Okay. And um, the fun funny thing because I was talking about the uh, the beasts of Bear Creek, right? Yeah. And how that one was a Native American shaman who shapeshifted. Well, the Great Bear Man has also been uh, speculated to be a shapeshifter. So okay. I'm wondering if this is the same creature since they're both of the locations are near Austin. Yeah, I'm guessing that they can't be creations. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So I don't recant that. That first story, no good. <laughs> My second theory, eh, he's just a wife beater. <laughs> a hairy one. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I really like diving into the Texas uh, lore. Definitely a lot of uh, cryptids I didn't know about. One thing I came across that I it has nothing to do with cryptids, but it, it's such a cool story, right? So I want to say it anyway, because it's all paranormal, right? Is This is uh, Hell's Gate at River Legacy Park. Now, this is in Arlington, Texas. So in Arlington, deep in the forest of River Legacy Park, you will find an ancient trail surrounded by uh, bogey swamps. I don't know what bogey swamps are. And uh, overhanging trees. And at the end of this trail, there's supposedly a large dirt mount in the exact spot where members of the Union Army were executed. If you dare to venture to the spot, you will find parts of of the posts that are uh, once fo uh, forged the gate that opened to a um, to a tree where the prisoners were hung because of all the torment, uh, all the uh, tormented uh, spirits 
still lurking there. It was deemed Hell's Gate, because if you walked along the trail, you can still hear the distant, desperate cries and prayers of the men and women who took their last steps on Earth there. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I don't think I'll go there. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. So, uh, there's some Texas folklore for you guys there. So, if you're a listener and you're from Texas and you're in any of these areas that we mentioned, please leave us a comment and tell us uh, what you guys think of the uh, folklore there. And uh, if you've heard any uh, personal stories about that, it'd be pretty interesting to get. Yeah. Oh, well, uh, I guess we pretty much concluded the episode. I, I've talked about everything on my list. Um, did you talk about everything on yours? Oh, yeah. So Plum Island. So you, you know Operation Paperclip, right? Of course, yeah. Uh, one of the first people uh, uh, to work at Plum Island came from Operation Plum, uh, Paperclip. Really? Yeah. It doesn't surprise me. So, yeah. Quite a... Uh, <laughs> His name was Eric Te- uh, Traub and was brought to America <laughs> to research at Plum Island. And uh, he worked on uh, diseases, including ticks. So, um, If he was brought to America, where is he from? Where was he from? Germany. Yeah. Um, for, for a minute there, I thought you were going to say Eric, Texas. <laughs> his... his it's not spelled Eric. It's not Eric. It's Eric or something. It's E R I C K, not C K. C H. Erich. Erich. You know, I don't know. Trob. Erich. Oh, Trob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so he worked uh, on the Lyme disease there because on Plum Island apparently they were studying a lot of tick disease and Lyme disease as a tick disease. And so is the Black Plague. So they studied the Black. I'm sure they did. If they study ticks. And they were studying Lyme disease. Uh, I'm sure they probably got around to the bubonic plague at some point. I mean, how, Already. Could you imagine, you know, being someone who graduates from like some sort of co- uh, college and you now you're looking for a job that you can do with your biologic, your, your bio, bio degree and you apply to all sorts of different places. And the one that calls you back is like, yeah, we're a research facility and hey, why don't you come by you, know, you go in do the whole interview process you first day on the work and they're like yeah okay so this on the other side of the glass wall uh in this uh, little bitty sealed container and we're gonna be looking <laughs> at this disease right here through the uh, microscope you see that so what you're gonna do is you're gonna uh, look at uh, we're gonna give you like 15 different ones and you just record differences between the two and you're like oh that's cool and you get done with the report and you put hand it to there and he writes the bonic plague at the top of your list once you've done studying this organism you're like wait what <laughs> you know just a crazy idea i just thought about had to share yeah yeah <laughs> also if you choose to work here there's a mcdonald's right down the street so you can take your lunches <laughs> <laughs> cool do you have an underground lair <clears throat> anyways <laughs> uh, sorry about that. i just have random things pop into my mind like that <laughs> You, you got a thing. That's probably happened before, though. Mm-hmm. Probably. I, I'm to, I would assume. I, I can't imagine that it's uh, it's something that I, I'm sure once you get used to it, you're like, yeah, I stand on the other side of glass walls or whatever from world decimating diseases. But 
you know what? It's it's a good job. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose. Uh, have you ever seen the people talk um, about uh, who work at reactors and they're like, there's a documentary and they bring in the person who works there and he's talking about what his job is and all that? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Like, whenever they do that, they're always like the happiest people. They're like, this is so cool. It's plutonium. And this makes right here comes from Neptunium. And this right here, it has a cow of this and that and the other thing and we use this machine to do that and the other thing so cool <laughs> everybody else is watching this video and these people are moments away from just feet away from radiation oh my gosh and well, the thing i like about my job is what i get to do is i get to transform all of this from like almost useless slag that comes from the ore mine to it, turning it into this amazing thing which produces green energy it's so cool and everybody's like yeah your feet away from something that if you get radiated <laughs> is going to turn you into a cryptid. <laughs> Maybe that's where the guy with long fingers came from. Uh, yeah, I don't think there's a reactor on Plum Island. That you know of. Uh, I don't know. True. I don't know. But anyways, I guess I will conclude today's episode. So thank you so much for listening to Bizarre Conspiracies. If you want to uh, follow us on any social media, just search for Bizarre Conspiracies. And if you want to email me, Conrad or Lisa, you can do so at BizarreConspiracies at gmail.com. Well, I guess that would do it. Thank you for listening to Bizarre Conspiracies. Bizarre Conspiracies.